You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We know each other. He's a friend from work. We're back on The Pipeline Show, and uh, this time of year, we always do it. Uh, we have the season previews for each individual team, and up to this point over the course of the last, uh, well, this is season 15 now, uh, we've always done these te- season previews with the play-by-play guy for the respective team. Changing it up a little bit this year, and this year we're going to go with either the GM or the head coach. For some teams, that will be the same guy. Uh, but uh, this year, uh, with the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings uh, fresh out of the hopper, the first team up this year, that means uh, general manager Kurt Hill is my guest. Uh, Kurt, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm doing great, Guy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Fresh off vacation, ready to get going, and uh, the batteries are recharged. How about for you? Yeah, exactly. No, it's been a... It's been a good summer. Obviously, uh, lots going on with everything. When you get through the the NHL draft and the import draft, there's always uh, lots of conversation. But a good summer. We'll get a little family time in, and now uh, it seems like uh, training camp has come real quick. All right. Well, uh, yeah. As we're speaking right now, the training camp uh, what a couple of weeks away. Um, so things are getting pretty close uh, to getting back into the rink full time here shortly. As we'll we'll start with this, uh, the the best way to look at this year's, this coming season's team is uh, by looking at last year's uh, team and who's not coming back. Uh, your team will, as all teams do, uh, be without three overage players. For you, that was Quinn Benjafield, Vince Laschiavo, and, and Andrew Fighton. But there's probably some other guys uh, that won't be back either. Most notably, are you expecting Trey Fix Molanski back this season at all, or do you move forward like he's gone? Yeah, we're moving forward like he's gone. Trey's going to go. Uh, he's not going to come to camp either. He's going to down to Columbus early, and uh, I think his uh, obviously his mindset's in pro hockey right now, and uh, that's where we totally expect him to be. I think Columbus is quite happy with where he's at in his development, and I think he's going to get some good opportunity there. All right. Well, who else isn't back from uh, last year's roster that you know of for sure? Uh, Zach Russell's not coming back. He's going to go and play in uh, Salmon Arm this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. He would have been another 20-year-old this season. And then we made the move, moving uh, Will Warm to Victoria. So Will won't be back. And then uh, the only other guy is Andre Pavlenko. Yeah, Andre Pavlenko uh, let go before the import draft. And uh, we'll get to the import players in a second. Uh, but those players are the ones that uh, you'll have to fill the void and left by those guys on the roster. And I'm sure some of that will come uh, internally. Uh, let's go to the 20-year-old situation for this club. I believe, uh, even though Fix Molanski, you expect he's not back, uh, there will be, what What do you have right now, like five guys uh, as 20-year-olds? So yeah, a bit bit of work to do there. That would be including uh, Trey uh, in that five, but Parker Gavlis, Connor McDonald, Dylan Miskew, and Riley Sawchuk uh, that you acquired from the Tri-City Americans. Yeah, you know, I think it's, uh, we still really was taking Trey out of that equation. We've got four there, and, you know, it's, uh, good opportunity for guys to come into camp and uh, compete for positions that's still uh you know there's still some decisions to make um with who who we're going to keep there in the 20 year olds and a lot of that's going to come down to camp and how guys compete and um a little bit's going to come down to a lot's going to come down to what we decide to do in net as well we got uh you know miscue scott and uh sebastian costa now who's 17 and you know he went back to midget to a 16 year old last season and he's a guy that uh you know if he comes a good comes and has a good camp he's a He's a real high-end prospect that we have in net that uh, mm-hmm. we need to start getting into some games. All right, well, we'll look closer at the goaltenders in a couple of minutes, uh, but we'll go from the 20-year-old situation to the uh, import players. And uh, for you, uh, Vlad Alistrov returns uh, for his second season with the Edmonton Oil Kings and your new import player, Jesse Seppala of uh, Finland. We just saw him in action 
at the Honka Gretzky Cup. What can you tell us about him? How much did you know about him before you selected him? And uh, what what sort of an impact do you think he can make with your club this year? Yeah, we got to Jamie Porter, our head scout, and myself got to see Essie play at the under-17s last year in St. John's, and we really, really liked his tournament down there. He's a he's a real strong 200-foot player. Um, you know, he's got a lot of skill to his game. His, his hockey sense is off the charts. Like, I think he's got a real high hockey sense, and he's really going to be – I think one of the biggest things about him too is I think he's going to acclimatize nicely to the North American game just with, you know, the way the Finns play. I think they play a little bit more of a North American style and he's completely fluent in English as well. So hmm. we're getting a guy that, you know, he's not, I don't think he's going to have as much of that, you know, culture shock coming over here and, and learning because he doesn't know the language and that. So I think he's going to acclimatize a little bit, a little bit quicker, but uh, with any player coming into the league, no matter what age they are, there's always learning curves in that. So I think, you know, the first kind of half of the season, you gotta, you gotta let guys get comfortable and start to feel it out. I mean, it's smaller ice for him now, but, uh, yeah, he's a guy that, uh, you know, we think is gonna fit into our group well. He can play both center and the wing. So I think with that, uh, we'll see what he, what he brings when he comes to camp and how quickly he can get, uh, comfortable in the North American game and we'll go from there. Speaking of the language barrier, I mean, that was something for Vlad last year. Uh, Alistrov wasn't, uh, uh, really well versed in English when he first came over, but you had Andre Pavlenko here, a fellow countryman for him, and so it was a, a decent uh, fit and probably aided in that transition for Vlad. Without Andre here now, is that a, a concern at all? No, you know, Vlad uh, spent a lot of time last year doing ESL uh, courses while he was here, um, so I think that helped him a lot. He went home and did some courses uh uh, through a family member in Belarus as well this summer, learning English a little bit more. So, um, you know, the conversations I've had with him, he's, you know, he's come up such a long way over the course of the year with his communication and speaking now. So I don't think uh, that's going to be an issue whatsoever. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Kurt Hill is the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, my guest here on the Pipeline Show, as we preview the coming season, maybe a training camp preview as we're uh, the first team out of the hopper this year, the Edmonton Oil Kings. All right, let's uh, look at the uh, players who are coming to camp, and we'll start in net uh, with the goaltenders. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, several that you have uh, really high-quality goaltenders in the system, Dylan Miskew, Todd Scott, Sebastian Kosa. I wonder, is Carter Guylander uh, still in the mix, so would he come to camp? I know he's NCAA committed, but uh, I think he's still expected to play for the uh, locally here with the Sherwood Park Crusaders, so uh, wouldn't be out of his way to be able to come to camp. And I know he works in the off season with uh, with Curtis Muka a lot as well. Is Carter Guylander going to be in camp? Uh, at this point, we don't expect Carter to be in camp. He's uh, with you know he got selected in the NHL draft, obviously by Detroit. So I think there is a there's some plans there for with that selection for him to you know spend a little bit more time and 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 go that college route and get have more time for them to make a decision on him. Also, so I, I don't expect him to be in camp, no. All right, so we'll see Todd Scott and Dylan Miskew and, and Sebastian Kosa, and I don't know if there's another goaltender that uh, that I'm forgetting about that'll be in camp and pushing for a, a roster spot. Not enough room for all three of them. I, I don't think a team wants to carry three goaltenders, so I don't know if you have a plan already that you can't share publicly or not, or do you go into camp and say, all right, two guys fight it out and uh, we'll deal with the third guy later? Yeah, I think he, there's got to be that element of compete in camp. So I think for all of our players, it's uh, you know year over year they gotta they gotta put the work in the summer and and they gotta come to camp with the, with the right mindset. It's 
you know, it's a new group this year. It's a lot of it's going to be similar to last year with the coaching staff and and obviously the the culture that we've brought here to, with kind of the new regime. But at the same time, you know, we put a lot of expectations on the players to go home and have a good summer. So uh, that's kind of been the message that was delivered to the goaltenders. And you know, they got to come to camp and and we'll we'll go from there. We saw how quickly things can change. I mean, last year you went into camp, Dylan Miskey wasn't part of the team, and uh, circumstances changed quickly, and you had to go out and, and make an adjustment that really paid off in the long run. Um, so doesn't it really matter, I guess, to some extent, what the roster looks like at the start of camp. Things can change really quickly. You had to react like that uh, last season. Yeah, I think with, it's, it's a, with injuries and everything, too, it's uh, with how much guys train and how it's become a – you know, it's full. It's a full time thing for these guys now. If they want to, you know, you want to be the best in your craft. You want to really try to make it to the next level. So, it's um, you know, a strong, a long summer of training. You come to camp. Camp can be tough sometimes. Injuries can happen. So, um, having an extra guy or whatever it may be, if we're having three in camp, uh, we saw what happened last year. We had four here, and we ended up with ended up with one pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know it's it's not a bad thing. And we still have our two prospect goaltenders will be coming to camp, and uh, that's. Uh, Colby Knight and Colby Hay with the 03 and the 04 there. So they should come, and uh, they're both highly regarded by our staff as well. All right, and for fans who haven't had a chance to watch Sebastian Kosa uh, yet, um, this is a guy, in your opinion, ready to, to make that step to the WHL this year? Yeah, Sebastian had a good year last year in uh, Fort Saskatchewan. You know, he was a part of the under-17 program last year. He, uh, he had a few injuries last season that, you know, maybe held him back a little bit at times. But uh, second half of the year, he was good. He was good in the playoffs for them again. Um, you know, this guy, he's really big. He's six, six over 200 pounds. Like he covers a lot of that and he moves really well for a big guy. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's his responsibility to continue working on his development and putting the work in. But, um, you know, from, from a projection standpoint, he looks like he's, uh, going to be a guy that's going to be able to compete in the league. Kurt, uh, it's a real blessing when a team can return a, a large chunk of their defensive core, and uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings are definitely in that situation. Uh, in fact, going to be returning more than uh, six defensemen uh, from last year's team, even despite the uh, the trading of Will Warmaway. Still got Connor McDonald, Parker Gallus, we mentioned as overage players, Wyatt McLeod, Ethan Cap, Matthew Robertson, just drafted by the New York Rangers. How about Jackson Alexander, who only got into a handful of games last year, but uh, a really solid player. You've still got Aiden Lawson, Logan Dahaniak is ready to take on a bigger role. Keegan Slaney in the mix now. You got a lot of defensemen coming to camp. Yeah, you know it's never a bad thing to have a lot of D. Again, it's, it's one true. of those positions. Last year it was, it was geez, it was we were in November, and that's part of the reason we had to, we made the Parker Gavlis trade is because we got so injured on the back end. We had him and Slaney. Slaney was playing. Um, you know he was in the games, and we had Gavlis. We had a bit of acquire. I think lots of times we only had five D that month in the lineup. So, you know, it's never a bad thing to have lots of D come into camp, um, but it's definitely a strong, looking at our lineup, it's a real strong point of our organization right now. And um, again, it's lots of experience back there. We like the core. We like the guys that are back there. They they skate well, they move the puck well, and they've all been within our system. They know what's going on. So it's um, lots of competition to be had at camp too. And, you know, we got some old guys and we got some younger guys knocking on the door. So it should be it should be fun watching how, how good summers these guys had and let them compete it out. Um, I believe you have a player named Austin King Cunningham who has signed a WHL uh, contract that you listed. Is is he in the mix at all? Uh, Austin at this point is going to go back and play in Esteban. So okay. he would not be at this point unless something, you know, never say never. He might decide he wants to come to camp at this point. Uh, he's going to go play in Esteban. Okay, very good. When you're looking at those defensive players, 
Um, I mean, it's so hard to move up and down within that group because of uh, how many returning guys there are. But are you expecting much bigger contributions from some of those guys like Aiden Lawson and Dohaniak and, and Slaney that uh, were sprinkled in throughout the, the roster last year, uh, maybe played you know half the games? Could they be full-time players this season? Well, I think naturally you gotta, you, you hope that they are. Like they gotta come, they gotta have good summers. But when you're, when you start to be 17 in the league, um, 18 years old, I mean, those, you gotta kind of be full-time guys or, or it's tough. It's difficult to play. So, um, we're hoping that they all kind of take that next step. And like we said, though, we have a, we have a pretty deep group up there. Um, we have a, a strong leadership group on our back end as well that contributes a lot to our group. So uh, those guys, again, it refers back to, kind of how they come into camp, what kind of attitude they have, and if um, they're ready to take that next step. Lots of with how many guys we got going to NHL camps this year, our training camp, a lot of our younger players are going to play a lot. They're yeah. going to get a lot of ice time. So all those exhibition games, um, these guys are going to be top pairs in those games, and they're going to get that opportunity to, to have those big minutes in those games and really prove to the coaching staff where they're at. That's something they should have asked. How many players will uh, be going to NHL camps? I think right now we're at nine. Nine guys, and are you able to list them off the top of your head? Uh, we have um, Cope, Williams, Keeler, Alistrov, um, Robertson, McLeod, Cap, McDonald. All right, yeah, that is uh, a significant chunk of your your roster. Almost half your uh, active roster will be heading uh, to NHL camp. So a good opportunity for players to to come into camp and and get those uh, early uh, exhibition game uh, experiences and. I guess maybe you, you'll be carrying a, a slightly bigger group than uh, a little bit longer into camp than perhaps you normally would have. Yeah, you know, it's, I think majority, a lot of the time, you know, the players that uh, are signed and have the op- we want them to have the opportunity to play in exhibition games. They they usually stay through that first weekend of exhibition games as it is. So at that point, we would a lot of them will probably stay, and um, some of the younger guys that were drafted last year and that after that point, uh, we'll see what our numbers are at and. Um, before we go up to Dawson Creek, we might have to keep some extra guys, but it just depends how long guys stay at NHL camps at that point. All right, well, up front is where uh, most of the holes are that you have to fill because of uh, the overage players and, and Trey Fix-Wolanski not expected back, as you mentioned, Zach Russell and, and Andre Pavlenko. So a lot of your forwards from last year, uh, they're uh, moving on, uh, but you have the players that coming in and guys who were further down the depth chart uh, last year who can step up and, and take on a bigger role. Right now, when you look at it, do you have a, a clear sense of what your expected, say, top six is going to look like this year? I mean, who are your your guys you're going to lean on up front? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, there's going to be lots of guys that have that opportunity to step up. I mean, up front, you know, we saw Chuck's going to be a guy that we brought in to play the middle. We were kind of weak in that area. I thought it's in our top six, so he's gonna he's going to be a guy that we brought in that's a real strong two hundred foot player that. Uh, bring a lot of character to our team and he scored 20 goals in Tri-Cities last year as well so he's a guy that has a really good shot um, and then you know there's a lot of guys that have that opportunity now and have to take that next step in their career you know you got Jake who had a tremendous playoff run last year neighbors so he's got to take that next step David Cope got to go in the second half of the season last year I think he's had a real strong summer so he's going to be a guy that again with a lot of those departures has to take that step up and then you kind of go you start looking at our one group where we're really strong in that group, and all those guys are 18-year-olds now. So you got, you know, Alistrov, his second year in North America, uh, had a re- really good season last year, up to close to 40 points. Um, Josh Williams, who we got in the Kemp deal, um, you know, he had a good season last year for a 17-year-old player, and now needs to take those numbers to the next step as an 18-year-old. Carter Such, 
I mean, I don't think a lot of people thought, thought Carter was going to have the year he had last year and um, up over 40 points. And, you know, he's a guy that just seems to keep getting better and growing. So another guy you look at. And then, you know, your other centermen, you got Keeler and Atkinson, both guys, um, really good seasons last year again in kind of a secondary role. So those guys got to step up and now they're playing in top six, top nine where they're going to be relied upon a lot more. And uh, then you got Gunther coming in who mm-hmm. as a 16 year old, yeah, a first overall pick, yeah, you got to be patient with those guys sometimes or sometimes they just come in and they, and they do some special things. So we'll see where, where Dylan's development's gone. I know we had a really good under 17 camp. So, Really exciting time there, and uh, and then Jalen Lupin coming back, and and Loops had a good year last year as a 16-year-old player, close to 15 points, and was a really a utility guy that played up and down our lineup. So that kind of gives you an overview, I think, of where we're at before we start talking about new players like Seppala, um, a little bit of an unknown um, where he's going to fit into the lineup. But it's a really uh, an exciting group to look at because there's there's so much opportunity for these guys to take that next step and. It's amazing how far a player can come a year in their development when they go from 17 to 18. Well, and that that's the big thing, right? It, with the with junior hockey is that natural progression. Sure, from you know, for a fan, a casual fan might look at the last year's roster and say, "Oh, well, my, they're losing half their forwards. They're really going to struggle." But it's a natural progression for everybody to take on a a bigger role this season after with a, another year under their belt, and every team goes through it. So it's it's not like it's only impacting just the Edmonton Oil Kings, but when you mentioned uh, Dylan Gunther and what he played eight games last year and didn't look out of place uh, at all, you don't want to set the bar of expectation too high for a guy like that. And Jake Neighbors is a good example, really high pick who came in and he had some injuries along the way, but was a pretty good contributor for you. But you don't want the, the fan base necessarily expecting they're going to lead your team in scoring either, despite at that young age. He also didn't look out of place uh, last year as, a, as a, playing as a full-timer as a 16-year-old. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, Jake had a good season last year, and it's tough first year in the league at 16. It's really hard. Like, it's it's a long season compared to what guys are used to and where they're coming from. And and then you start to think about the pressure that's put on these kids. And for Dylan, I mean, he's a local kid. He's going to have a little bit of that with him too. But uh, he's got he's a pretty level-headed guy, and, you know, he's got a lot of a real high work ethic. He really loves the game. So, you know, we're excited for what, what he's going to bring to our group and – but as mentioned, it's kind of that when you bring a 16-year-old in, you can't set the bar extremely high for them because they need time to adjust to the league. They need to try time to adjust to the, our coaches' systems and everything that we're going through in that standpoint as well. So um, no question, he's a special player. He's got a great shot. He's got great hockey sense. But, uh, you know, a little bit of an unknown that right now, how, how the season's going to go. But uh, we're expecting him to be um, a big part of our group. A few guys who uh, saw a little bit of ice time last year, uh, that you would expect it to be challenging for those uh, depth positions this year. Guys like Tyler Horseman and Kobe Verbicki we saw sprinkled in along the way. Uh, what other types of players like that might the uh, Oaking fans see just coming into camp and looking to, to earn a, an extended look or uh, one of those depth positions on the team this year? Yeah, you know, there's lo- we have lots of guys coming to camp. There's uh, there's great opportunity for, for kind of rookie players this year to to have uh, impact in camp and earn themselves a spot. I mean, another another player we have that would have played games last year, but due to injury he wasn't able to, was Raphael Pelche, who played with Gunther at NAX. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a draft pick of the team. Um, as you mentioned, Verbicki's going to be back at camp. We got the opportunity to play a few games in December last year. Um, so getting those guys back and a little bit of that experience helps them along the way. you got Carson Latimer, another 0-3 that we had picked. 
um, in that same draft as Rubicki. Carson's a real strong 200-foot centerman, big guy, has a lot of work ethic, who played exhibition last year for us, so he'll be coming to camp. Um, and then the, the fans are also going to get a little bit of an opportunity to see some of our new draft picks um, at training camp and that, and with our first overall pick, Caleb Bremer and uh, Ross Stanley with our second uh, pick this year in the draft, a defenseman and Kobe Hay, a goaltender. So um, some of the guys that will be at camp this year and uh, should be exciting. Every year there's one guy who seems to stand out when he gets to the rookie camp and he forces his way into the main camp and suddenly he's maybe pushing himself onto the roster you didn't expect. Carter Such was that guy two years ago. I would argue Jalen Lipen was that player last year. Do you have somebody in mind this year that you're expecting uh, or might be thinking that guy could surprise? You know, I don't think it's earmarked at anybody. It's it's interesting. Those guys, the reason they are surprised is because they do they do kind of surprise you. With with Lupin last year, he was, I mean, for a guy that was a ninth round pick, come to camp and the way he played, he was he was probably one of our best. He was our best young player at camp last year, and he and it and he the thing with him was he brought that right into exhibition play too. And you know, it's that's their job. They the tougher they can make the management and coaching staff's decision on players, then, you know, if it's a tough decision, they've done their job. They've come and had a good camp. They've had a good exhibition season, and that's exactly what he did last year, and uh, there was no question here in that spot. So um, guys are going to have that opportunity this year, and I think even looking at our lineup, we might have a few more um, a few more rookie spots this year open than uh, in previous years. Now, one of the criticisms I've had of the Oil Kings over the last decade, and it's been hard to criticize the, the organization that's won a Memorial Cup and several uh, WHL championships uh, along the way, I would have liked to have seen more Americans uh, coming through, Cody Corbett and, and uh, Henrik Samuelson being a couple uh, that have started their WHL careers with the Oil Kings and, and had success. But there has, that list of Americans hasn't been very long. The, your team under uh, the team under your control has listed a number of American players, guys who uh, at least at this point are intended to go to the NCAA. But you never know what happens, and a guy might detour. Uh, I've liked that change. Has that been an important change uh, for you to make, in your opinion, and, and why do it? Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, you, you get the, so many spots in your list, so I think it's important to you know have some of those American players on your list in case they do decide to make a change. So. Uh, we've added some players throughout the season and uh, grown our college list a little bit. And even some of the, we've listed some American players too that are right now uncommitted to colleges that are on our 50 man list. So um, it is important because those players, um, a lot of them are really good players that just at the end of the day, we don't have enough draft picks to, you know, you need to take care, to take care of the home base first here and make, make those strong Canadian picks. And I mean, if you have kind of more picks each season, you might be able to add a few Americans in, but uh we have done a good job at that. Jamie Porter and our scouting group in in Canada and the U.S. have identified a lot of them. And, uh, yeah, we've expanded that list to a spot where uh, we are comfortable with and uh, we'll continue to do so. Now, are there some of those players that you that will be coming to camp or not? Have you reached out and, and had positive feedback from any of them? Yeah, we have had a lot of positive feedback. I think one of the things you run into sometimes with those players is uh, with our camp being a little bit later, it's and with the U.S. high school, when they start, when they go to school and a lot of those training camps start down there, um, a lot of the times you don't get these players at camp, but so there's continual conversations um, that we're having with these players. We had a few of them come up to development camp, which was very positive. It's a, a little bit more of a pocket where, you know, it doesn't conflict with a lot of their USA hockey stuff. So um, for some of these players that are still trying to make a decision, um, you know, it still makes sense. I still understand why they go to the, to whatever it is, a USHL camp, or they go back to, their club team because they have to go back and show that loyalty to those programs or sometimes maybe they don't get 
you know, those programs think they're becoming the Western League and maybe don't, uh, you know, they don't, they maybe they're not true supporters of our league or whatnot. So I, I understand that. But with a lot of the players that we have put on our list, we've had a lot of really good conversations with and, uh, Hopefully here in the next uh, couple seasons we see a few of these Americans in our lineup. All right. Nobody coming to camp, though? Uh, we we have Owen Bone coming to camp. He's from San Jose, so he'll be coming in. And then we have the two Americans currently on our roster. And then uh, I think we have some other Americans. Well, we have Littler. We drafted him this year in the yep. in the Bantam draft. He'll be coming to camp. Um, and then we have a couple more. We'll have a few more Americans coming. I think we have three or four Americans coming to our rookie camp. So players that aren't currently on our list that are coming uh, – more in a free agent capacity, and okay. we'll see. We'll take a look at them, and uh, potentially those are guys that we could potentially list at that point. All right, very good. I guess when you're looking, projecting uh, what your roster is going to look like, and and looking further down the this uh, this season, the schedule, what's the biggest challenge in your mind for your club this year? Yeah, you know, I think it, or with the team, it's the returning players. The, the biggest challenge is going to be where where players have uh, developed over the course of the summer. I mean, guys really have to come in with an understanding of, you know, they're the guys now. They're taking that next step, as we talked about earlier with our forward group. They're the ones taking that next step in their development now. And, you know, last year when maybe they looked around and they saw some of those older players there that were five-year veterans in the league, four-year veterans, close to 100-point guys, it's they look at them and they say, okay, well, they're going to get that done. Well, now it's uh, they're the guys that are being looked at upon those capacities. So um, a little bit of how they adjust to the new season and, you know, it's going to be um, for everybody every year. It's guys got to get accustomed to, you know, strategies and the coaching staff systems that they put into place. So that's always something early in the year. And we have a couple big trips again early in the season in October. And then we have our big BC one at the end of November. So um, as last year, we had a real tough trip early October uh, to the U.S. And that was, uh, you know, we didn't get to win a game on that trip. So I earmarked those two road trips in October and November, each of them being close to two weeks where um, real important road trips, not only for us to, uh, you know, have success on those road trips and, uh, you know, bond as a team, but also you got to always think about where you come out of those trips, knock on wood, injury standpoint, as those are real tough stretches in the season. Now for a team that got to the conference uh, final last year and uh, lost in six games to the eventual WHL champion, where do you set the bar of expectations this year uh, and, and say reasonable expectations? I know the goal is to always win the WHL championship, but is that a realistic endeavor this year? Is it, you know, uh, make the playoffs and see what happens? Or do you, is this a team in your mind that, that should compete for the division title and maybe more than that? Yeah, we believe so here. I mean, at, at the end of the, the, the playoff experience that our group, this group got last year is invaluable. Like that's, that's huge for this group going into the third round and and playing a, a tough team like PA and then especially in that building, what our guys got to experience. So I think that's huge for our group. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're really happy with where we're at in, in that and uh, our defensive group. I think we got a real strong defensive core back there and our forward group. Again, like I talked about, there's lots of opportunity and a real exciting young group where a lot of these, these guys get to take that next step. So um, I don't, I don't see a lot of holes right now. I think we're we're a strong team, and I don't see why we can't um, do well in our division and compete with uh, some of the stronger teams in the Eastern Conference. Kurt, I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to uh, camp getting started here in a couple of weeks, and uh, wish you the best of luck. Okay, thanks a lot, Dee. That's Oil Kings GM Kurt Hill previewing what could be a pretty interesting camp for the Edmonton Oil Kings most notably what they're going to do with the 20-year-old situation is, uh, as you heard him say, 
Right now, they've got uh, four, and all can definitely play in the WHL. You've got goaltender Dylan Miskew, uh, forward Riley Sawchuk that they brought in, so you know he's going to be here. And two defensemen at Parker Gavlis and Connor McDonald. And boy, what happens if, sure it's a long shot, but if the Columbus Blue Jackets decide Trey Fix Wolanski would benefit from another year of junior hockey. That would really complicate things. But I want to know from you, the Oil King fan, what do you think they should do? Of the four that I mentioned, Gavlis, McDonald, Miskew, and Sawchuk, which three do you think they should keep? And there's a, a good argument for for all four guys. Uh, you know, Dylan Miskew obviously was their, is their starting netminder. If Todd Scott is ready to take on that job as a 19-year-old, then you might lean that way, but you don't get a whole lot for a 20-year-old goaltender right now. As I mentioned in the first segment, there's a couple who just went through waivers who are good enough to be starters in the WHL. So you might not get a lot for Dylan Miskew uh, via trade. So it might make more sense in that regard to hang on to him, trade Todd Scott, but then you've still got an extra 20-year-old. And you know it's not going to be Riley Stotchuk they moved because they brought him in. So that leaves Parker Gavlis or Connor McDonald. McDonald's, the offensive guy. Gavlis is the more the stay-at-home physical guy. But keep in mind, last year's team, uh, they brought Jackson Alexander in from Swift Current. He's got some offensive upside, but didn't play a lot last year. So you don't know exactly if he's ready to take over being the offensive guy for the Oil Kings on the blue line. If he is, then maybe Connor McDonald is expendable. And you'd get good return for him. Parker Gavlis, I'm sure there are teams that would take him. I don't think the return would be as much as it would be for Connor McDonald. But Gavlis plays a valuable role. He was a almost every night player last year and brought a physical dimension to the team that before he got here wasn't necessarily there every night. But then you can make the argument. Logan DeHaniak comes in. He's He definitely brings that element to the game. And uh, Ethan Cap uh, will now be a 19-year-old. He's a big, strong, stay-at-home guy. So maybe they have excess in that department. Lots of ways you can look at it, and uh, only time will tell exactly which way the Edmonton Oil Kings decide to go in that department. We'll be looking forward to seeing how Jake Neighbors does in year two, and uh, Dylan Gunther as a full-time WHLer this coming season. What expectations? I had somebody on Twitter ask me, and I, you know, I said 45, 50 points probably for both of those guys, I think are reasonable expectations. Oil Kings should be an interesting team, and in my opinion should be in contention once again for the Central Division crown. One of the teams that will be challenging them for that spot are the Calgary Hitmen, the arch-rival Calgary Hitmen, led by general manager Jeff Chenoweth. Of the off-season moves, they may have made the biggest one at the WHL Bantam Draft, uh, where they swung a deal with the Moose Jaw Warriors, adding one of the top defensemen in the Western Hockey League, maybe the top defense, one of the top defensemen in the entire Canadian Hockey League, Jet Wu now a member of the Hitmen. That really transforms that team on the blue line. Can they be a club that uh, the Old Kings swept them in round two this past spring? The Hitmen might be ready for a big step forward. We'll talk to Jeff Chenoweth about that team next here on the Pipeline Show. Down on the end boards. Brandon turns it over. Tech forward comes around. As Wu shot, he scores! Jet Wu snaps it far side over the glove of Logan Thompson, and the Warriors have extended their lead. Hi, this is Jet Wu from the Moose Jaw Warriors, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show.
There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time.